Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Nehemiah chapter 12. Um, you should be there uh, by now. And uh, so we've been in this series entitled Rebuilt to Last. And really what we're doing is we're going to study in the book of Nehemiah. And uh, what's happening in the book of Nehemiah is there's been a rebuilding of the, of, of the city Jerusalem. And they really started with the walls, and once they got the walls put up, they worked on the temple, and now they're working on the homes. But what we've been doing is looking at this whole entire book and doing a study in it. We've been paralleling the rebuilding of the walls, the natural walls in Jerusalem, to the rebuilding of the broken places in our lives. Because um, there's one thing that, that I've learned, and many of you have maybe learned by experience, is that um, there's always going to be messes in life. Are you with me? There's always going to be messes in life, whether it be relational, whether they be financial, whether a tragedy happens. Um, there's always going to be messes in life, but God does not want us to stay in those messes. God does not want us to stay in the rubble. Just like in Nehemiah, God didn't want his people to be just living in the rubble of that city. And so he sent a guy named Nehemiah uh, to go and help rebuild that because messes always happen, but God uh, with, you know, encourages us to get involved and to begin to rebuild. And, uh, and so we've been taking some cues uh, from him and, and learning. And so Nehemiah comes uh, and uh, really um, starts a revival within this city. And so we've been reading through that. we got two chapters left. we got today, and then we got next Sunday as we wrap up. I believe we'll wrap up the whole book. Uh, now, how many of you guys been getting something out of it, the book of Nehemiah? It's a pretty, pretty fantastic book. And uh, so we'll, we're not going to read all of chapter 12, um, but I will reference some stuff in the first portion, and then we'll, we'll start reading in verse 27 of Nehemiah chapter 12. Um, Nehemiah, though, starts out, uh, chapter 12 starts out, and it starts talking uh, about all of these names. And one thing, if you've been in this series with us, I have not been doing, I have not been torturing us uh, and t going through every single name and butchering it. Are you with me? How many of you guys, when you're reading the Bible and you're just, you're going through those names, you just, you think you're saying them right, but you're with me? Well, there's a lot of names in Nehemiah, and so we've been kind of skipping through, but here's what's the first, the first 26 verses of Nehemiah chapter 12. What you're going to read is you're going to read a bunch of names, but these names are significant because these are all the priests, all the Levites that are returning to Jerusalem. And, uh, and, and it's interesting to note that they're listed by name, these prominent ones, they're listed by name almost as if to give honor and to celebrate them because they were very instrumental before the fall, but also uh, now they're very instrumental really in rebuilding uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And so for 26 verses, it goes through and lists out all of these names. And one of the themes you'll pick up on and one of the, as you study this, this uh, portion out is that in order to be uh, one of these people, you had to come from the line of Aaron, meaning there had to be some, some relationship there. Um, and so it had to be documented that you were actually a part of that lineage. And then it had to be documented that you had gone through all of the, we can call it this, all of the certification to be functioning in this. And so here is scripture bringing honor to these people. So for 26 verses, this goes on. And in the 27th verse, which we're going to read, what starts is now this big celebration. Why are they celebrating? They're celebrating because for 52 days, uh, they worked their booties off. Come on, somebody. They worked hard to rebuild these walls. 
And it wasn't that they were just working hard to rebuild the walls. They actually had retaliation coming against them, people mocking them, people criticizing them, people coming against them, trying to keep them from rebuilding those walls. We talked about several of those moments in Scripture, and the reality is this, as you begin to rebuild uh, the areas of your life uh, by God's grace, by applying his word and being in fellowship with other believers and honoring him with uh, your whole entire life, you're going to get criticism from others, right? Not everybody wants to see you succeed. You can catch that message. It was in our series. And so here they are, and they've rebuilt, and not just the work, but also the opposition they've come against. So now what's taking place is a moment of celebration, okay? And so now they're erupting with celebration. Verse 27, Nehemiah chapter 12, and it says, For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in this, I want you to catch the words here, in this joyous occasion. And their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres, the singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villages of that area. Verse 29. They also came from Beth Gilgal and the rural areas of Gibba and Asmaveth, for the singers had built their own settlements around Jerusalem. Bunch of groupies <laughs> hanging out together. Those worship leaders, I tell you. Verse 30, the priests and the Levites first purified themselves, then they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. This is a joyous occasion. Verse 31, I led the leaders of Judah to the top of the wall and organized two large choirs to give thanks. Come on, are you catching that? They had two bands. How many people on the worship team would love to see that happen? Like, like the, we get two bands. They got two large choirs. And here's their mission. They had one mission. Here it is. To give thanks. To celebrate. To give gratitude. That was their mission. Two large choirs. One of the choirs proceeded southward along the top of the wall to the dung gate. This person and half the leaders of Judah followed them. Along with Azariah, Ezra, that person, Judah, Benjamin, what a great name, Shemaiah and Jeremiah. Jeremiah's not a bad name either. <laughs> then came some of the priests who played trumpets, including Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of that person, son of that person, and son of that person, a descendant of Asaph. And Zechariah's colleagues were those people. They used the musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led this procession at the fountain gate. They went straight up the steps on the ascent of the city wall toward the city of David. Are you catching the picture here? Okay, this choir, one's heading southward, and they're just, it's a joyous occasion. They're playing music, they're worshiping, and their one mission is to give thanks. They passed the house of David, and then they proceeded to the water gate to the east. The second choir, giving thanks, went northward around the other way to meet them. So here's the picture. One's going this way, one's going that way, and they're going around the whole entire city, and they're actually on top of the wall. I followed them together with the other half of the people along the top of the wall past the tower of the ovens. It's probably bacon bread. 
to the broad wall, then past Ephraim gate to the old city gate, past the fish gate and the tower of Hanel and the, and the tower of a hundred. Then we continued on the sheep gate and stopped at the guard gate. The two choirs that were giving thanks, because that was their mission, then proceeded to the temple of God, where they took their places, so did I, together with the group of leaders who were with them. We went together with the trumpet-playing priests. There's all of their names. They played and sang loudly under the direction of Jezariah and the choir director. Many sacrifices were offered on the joyous day, for God had given the people cause for great joy. Come on, isn't that awesome? They paused for this joyous occasion. They assembled two bands with one mission to give thanks. The women and children also participated in the celebration, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. All right, you guys are awesome. I mean, th this is amazing. Two bands, big celebration, marching around, top of the walls, joyous occasion, and it could be heard from far away. Verse 44, on that day, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the offerings, the first part of the harvest, and of the tithes. They were responsible to collect from the fields outside the towns the portions required by law for the priests and the Levites. For all the people of Judah took joy in the priests and the Levites and their work. I like that verse. This, let me put it in, 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 in like modern terms. For all the people were so pumped about their pastor. <laughs> That's what it's saying. I'm being serious. That's why for 26 verses, it named all of them. And in verse 44, it says why? Because the people took joy in their work. They were happy with their pastor. So we just pause for a moment right there and just reflect on that. Such a great verse. Verse 45. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification as commanded by David and his son Solomon. And so did the singers and the gatekeepers. The custom of having choir directors uh, to lead the choirs in hymns and praise and thanksgiving to God began long ago in the days of David and Asaph. So now, in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel brought a daily supply of food for the singers, the gatekeepers. Don't forget about the worship people. Feed them. Singers, the gatekeepers, and the Levites. The Levites, in turn, gave a portion of what they received to the priests, to the descendants of Aaron. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about gratitude. Gratitude. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Uh, Lord, I pray in the, in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would just speak to us, that, God, you'd give clarity through these 40-something uh, verses and and uh, that we would walk away with a greater understanding of gratitude. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd help me now create a place for people to discover your son, Jesus, know your amazing love, and realize the incredible plan that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Uh, my youngest um, child graduated from high school yesterday. She was on stage here. We were celebrating her. And... Um, Man, such a great day. It was an early morning. It was a late night. We're still recovering. I'm tired. Um, but it was an awesome day. And, 
And, um, and so friends came over. I mean, so many of you were there blessing our, our daughter. It was just awesome, overwhelmed by all the generosity. And we just had a good time celebrating. But uh, I came from one of those families, and my wife did too, where uh, when it comes time to open gifts, whether it's birthday, whether it's Christmas, whether it's graduation, you don't just tear through stuff. Now, if you come from a tradition where it's your birthday and you just shred the paper and just toss it everywhere and you go, 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 that's fine, all right? You're probably in sin, but whatever. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. My wife told me to say that. But um, I come from a family where, where when it's Christmas time, man, you sit and you pass out all the gifts. You've probably heard me mention this before. And then one by one, you take turn opening something. And it's not just that you open. This happens at birthdays. It happened last night. After everyone left, we sat down with our daughter, and she just slowly opened each card and read every card. Kid you not. She sat there and read every card. And she was so blown away. She would stop and she'd go, oh, my word. Oh, my word, so-and-so gave me this. And, and so I don't know how long we were sitting there. It was a while, but that is like us at every occasion where you're opening gifts. It's like, and it's, it's fun, but sometimes it can go on and on and on, right? But they stop, right, and they open it up, and it's like they get the sweater, and they pull up the sweater, like, oh, my gosh, look at the sweater Aunt Susie knit for me. Isn't it awesome? And then you prayed it around everybody, and everybody touches it, and everybody celebrates, not the gift, but really celebrates the one that gave her the gift. Are you with me? What's happening right there? In, in, in our house, what we've come to realize is that we're giving thanks and gratitude for the gift we've received, but also the one that gave it. Are you with me? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You, you, you're part of that family? You've been to that family, right? And you just take time. It dawned on me as I was reading chapter 12, that's exactly what's taking place right here when it hits verse 27. First, they name all of the people that they brought in to help them celebrate and that were, that, that, that were a part of, of, of helping with this process. And then the Bible says, verse 44, we read it, that they were very happy with them. They were very pleased with their work, so much so that they're named and they're honored. And then verse 27 hits, and all of a sudden this picture gets painted of two massive choirs with one mission, to give thanks, to give honor, to celebrate, to have gratitude. Are you with me this morning? Gratitude, what is it? Gratitude, it's the quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation and to return kindness. Now listen to me. They just worked really hard. And something great has come of their work. But let me tell you something. When, when you find yourself having accomplished something great, that you put your hand to, at the end of it, you have two options. You can either take praise or you can give praise. You can either take it in and be like, man, look what I did. But the Bible talks about let the lips of another person praise you rather than your, rather than your own. Are you with me? You could do that or you could do what they did. They took time to give gratitude and thanks to the priests, but more importantly, look what they do, the whole celebration, they took time to give gratitude towards the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Are you with me? It wasn't just like, it wasn't just like a moment like, oh, thanks. Thanks. It was like, hey, this, what did the Bible say? It's a 
joyous occasion. So joyous that one band wasn't good enough. You with me? Can you imagine coming into church on Sunday morning? We have battle of the bands going on on our stage. Come on, somebody. We got so many people on the worship team that we have just, they're just going for it. Or we have one here and we have one back there, right? Or we have one in kids doing kids worship. Come on, somebody. Huh? One in babies doing babies worship. Why not? Sign up. This is a joyous occasion. And this is such a powerful moment. What's so powerful about it is, is they're giving praise, they're giving thanks, but, but not only that, it's where they're giving praise and where they're giving thanks. They are giving praise and thanks on the wall. The whole entire book is about rebuilding the wall. But I want you to notice something. They didn't stand around the wall. Are you with me? They didn't just look at the wall. The Bible says that they put two bands and then all the other people following them or leading them on top of the wall. Now, if you go back in our series and you go to uh, chapter 4, I believe it is, you're going to come across the opposition. And you're going to come across a guy named Tobiah that said this as he looked at the wall and mocked them. He said that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. So this isn't just one of those moments where they're celebrating the completion of something. This is one of those moments where, and I, you know, some people are like, well, God wouldn't do that. Well, God does it all throughout Scripture. This is one of those moments where they're looking at all those people that mock them saying, I told you so. Are you with me? This is one of those moments where it's like, yeah, you, you didn't think we would be able to do it, but check us out. Not only can a fox walk on top of it, come on, somebody. We got two big old bad bands marching around it, singing, worshiping, shouting, praising, glorifying. What does that tell me? That tells me this, is that what the enemy meant for evil, God turns for good. That what the enemy meant for destruction, when they came in and destroyed the city and ruined the walls and everything, lying in ruins, come on, when God gets involved in it and says, hey, it's time to rebuild, he rebuilds it stronger than it was before. And if this is a parallel, if rebuilding the walls is a parallel to rebuilding our lives and rebuilding our souls, then know this, what God is doing in you cannot be destroyed. What God is doing in you cannot be taken from you. Are you with me this morning? You guys are quiet today. You guys think about the carnival games? Some of you strategizing already? How are you going to get the rings on top of the Coke bottles? There's a reason why they take all your money at the fair. It don't work. Listen, what God is rebuilding in you, know this. Now, I know the destruction wasn't fun. I know the rubble wasn't fun, along how long you lived in it. You know what I love about, we, we, we have, um, we have a, uh, a ministry here called Celebrate, I know it's called Overcomers Outreach. Overcomers Outreach. And the, I, I can't remember what night they meet, but um, Jan, Jan's right. Jan, can you just stand up? Jan, stand up. This is Jan right here. And um, her, along with a couple other people, oversee that ministry. But you know what I love? I love when they hit a moment. Like, we, we pause. We, 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 we've, been, we've been sober for a year, or we've been uh, free of this addiction for a year, and they, they pause, and they celebrate, or two years, or three years, or four years, or five years, and some are in there like, hey, it's been 20 years. And guess what? They don't just kind of be like, I mean, you know, it's been 20 years. No, they celebrate. They honor. They give thanks. There's gratitude, right? This is a big moment. This is a big moment. Why? Because, man, 
Look, they were mocking us, saying it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. If a fox walked on it, but here they are marching around. What it tells me is this, is man, they've got a great, a great testimony, a great story. See, a lot of us, you know, uh, maybe we're ashamed by the rubble in our lives. Maybe we're ashamed by, by the things that we did in our past or maybe even presently. But yet we sought forgiveness and God's come by his grace and he's rebuilding an area of your life. Listen to me. As, as that area of your life is rebuilt, that's, that's not for something for you to hide. That's something for you to get up on and use for a platform for gratitude and celebration and thanksgiving. Because it's not about you. It's about him. Are you with me? Listen to me. There's some of you in here, and I, I think, man, you're, you're hiding from it. You're running from it. So, so you, made a, you made a bad decision. So you sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us that is free from that. All done it. Including the guy on stage. All done it. But listen to me. And don't continue to listen to those other voices. Oh, I, I wouldn't share that. That'll crumble again. I mean, if a fox, even if a fox walked on the top of it. Don't, don't do that. Don't share that. Ah, no. No, but God has done in you, celebrate it. It's a testimony. Are you with me? It's a testimony. It's that, and, and, and everyone in here has a story. Everyone in here has a testimony. Everyone in here has something to share, what God has done in your life, what God is doing in your life. Maybe it's not complete. Maybe it's not finalized. Listen, what you need to understand is the walls are rebuilt, the temple's rebuilt, but a lot of the homes are still in ruins. It doesn't have to be perfect in order for God to use it. Matter of fact, one of, my, one of my favorite quotes from one of my mentors says this, God draws straight lines with crooked sticks all day. You with me? Share the story, share the testimony. Here they are, and they are celebrating. They are showing gratitude. And to me, this whole entire passage begins to speak this idea of gratitude. Check this out. In August 2021, Harvard Health said this. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. I need to read that, that part again. We're going to get to some more verses. But in positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. In other words, if you want to experience greater happiness in your life, be grateful, be thankful, celebrate. I don't believe that. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. Practicing gratitude actually increases dopamine in your brain, the stuff that makes you feel good. How many of you guys like to feel good? Five of you. All right. Whatever. I hate it. You need to be grateful for something. Hello. 
and encourage it. Listen, this is what it does. So it makes you feel good and encourages your brain to seek more of the same. So scientifically speaking, the more you are grateful for, the more you will find things to be grateful for. Are you with me? Now think about it. God created you. So God created you with all of the dopamine. God created you the way your body functions. God put that inside of you. Are you with me? He created you in such a way that when you are grateful, you just find more things to be grateful for. Gratefulness begets gratefulness. Are you with me? I mean, let's, let's be honest. It, it, you don't have to look around too far to find things to be ungrateful for. I mean, there, there's always something to complain about. Right? I mean, you could probably find 10 things sitting there right now, and you're like, oh, I'm actually on to 12 already. <laughs> be grateful, right? It's not hard. It's easy. Driving down the road, getting up out of bed. Whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, we need, what we need to do is this. We need to steer our, our minds and our hearts towards gratefulness. How many of you guys want to experience more happiness again? Okay, some of you still trying to figure it out? Here's what I'm saying. Make sure that celebration is a part of your life. Make sure that celebration is a part of your life. How about, how about just this simple thing? Telling people thank you. Someone opens the door. Thank you. That was very thoughtful of you. I appreciate that. Right? Just, just expressing thankfulness. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. Just, just, just simple things. Your spouse cooks a meal. Thank you. That was delicious. Right? Just, just thanking people. Celebrating other people. What about this one? Celebrating the little and big wins in life. Not just the big ones. What about the little ones? I woke up today. That's actually a big one. <laughs> you know. I rolled out of bed today. You know? Celebrating the wins in life along the way. Giving people honor and praise they deserve. Like we did, like we did today. That, hey, that's a big accomplishment. I'll tell you what, especially over the last four years persevering through the last couple of years and finishing high school with a four-point-something, three GPA? Who does that, Jolie? I mean, my daughter finished with a 4.0, and yesterday, I don't know, while she was sitting there waiting for something, she, I, we texted something about, oh, you're super smart, 4.0, and I was like, you beat me by 1.2 points. I'm pretty sure my wife saw my, my report card, and it was like, right? We found it, like, and she was like, you got a 2.8? And I was like, only needed a 2.0 to play sports, so. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. I was above average, really, by, you know, 0.8. I mean, come on, celebrate, babe. Come on. Be grateful for this man. Come on, somebody, you know? Like, come on, 2.8. It's above average, you know? You're doing well. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Come back, Holy Spirit. You know, give, give people honor and praise they deserve. Right? And you're like, well, I mean, I really haven't seen. No, find things then. Listen, it's so easy. Look, I'll be honest with you. Um, 
there's, there's a couple of, there's really only one. I, am, I have a pet peeve when I go out to eat if something isn't right and my wife is helping me work on myself. Um, you know, I don't need to complain, but maybe the waiter's having a bad day, you know? Um, you can always find something to be grateful for. The fact that you're even out to dinner, eating, right? Pause after you work on something to celebrate the improvement. Pause. Pause after you work on something to celebrate the improvement. Just, just stop and reflect. Like, wow, that looks, that looks awesome. That looks pretty good. Gratitude. Thanksgiving. Why, why are we talking about this in church? Well, Nehemiah chapter 12 uh, seemed to think it was pretty important. So important that one band wasn't good enough. So important that they rallied all of the, 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 the Levites and the priests from the surrounding area and said, you need, you need to come help us with this one. Yes, you got to celebrate this one. Why is, why is gratitude so important? Why living a life of gratitude is essential as a believer? Let me give you some verses real quick. One of my old pastors used to say this. He used to say, uh, to complain is to remain. To complain about something is to remain in something. And that's always stuck with me. Right? You can complain about this, but guess what? You're just going to be stuck there, you know, in that dysfunction, in that hurt, in that pain, whatever it is. You can complain about it. But why, as a life of a believer, is it essential that we have gratitude? Number one, it's God's will for you. We could probably just stop with one, right? Like, why do I have to be grateful? It's God's will for you. Okay, done. Right? This is what it says, Thessalonians uh, 5.18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I don't know if it gets any more clear than that. Why do I have to do in all things? Oh, because it's the will of God in Christ Jesus for my life. And, you know, this is one of those verses that I love to hate. Because why didn't it just say give thanks for this? is what No, it says give thanks in all circumstances. And, and the reason, again, is because God created you and he knows human nature. The reality is, 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 is as humanity, we're, 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 we're prone towards negativity for whatever reason. In all circumstances, it doesn't matter what's going on in everything. Find something to be grateful for because that's the will of God for your life. It's a good passage, right? Good message. Um, it's funny because how many of you, when you hear a message on Sunday, it's like that week God is just working it in you. Am I the only one? See, now, I've almost got it worse because as I'm studying for it, God's working it in me. And literally, I wrapped up, I kid you not, I wrapped up my message and got it, my notes out to everybody that needed to get them on Thursday. And then Friday, I found myself complaining about so many things. Home Depot will do that to you, but whatever. Um, I apologize to any Home Depot employees in here. Former, present, or future. But I honestly, I found myself complaining. And literally, I, I was probably about like, and it was just, and, it, and, and here's what I've noticed. If, if gratitude begets gratitude, complaining begets complaining. Right? You start complaining about something, and then something little happens, and you're like, see, this is just my life. 
You're laughing because you know I'm right. I'm like, it's like, man, did he see me on Friday? You know? It's just like, it's like you complain about something, and like, it's like everything that happens. But you have the ability to steer the course of your day. You have the ability to change that by just waking up. I mean, that's why every morning you get up, just think of like three things to be grateful for. Right? I slept in a bed. I'm so grateful. I woke up. I'm so grateful. Right? I mean, just think, and then just start your day with gratitude. I'm telling you, you'll be happier. Here's the thing. If you don't believe the Bible, believe science. You'll be happier. Why? Why does it work that way? You'll be happier. The biggest reason why you're going to be happier, because you're doing the will of God. Number two, why it's essential. Number two, it's how we enter his presence. Psalm uh, 95, 2, let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. You want to enter the presence of God? Start there. Start there. I mean, I, here's the thing. Any human that, that can speak has learned this principle. They don't go to mom and dad and start complaining about how bad mom and dad are and then ask for money. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you are just the best parent ever. I am? Yeah. You got 100 bucks? You know, whatever. Um, man, you want to enter the presence of God? And the Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving, with praise, with singing, with songs, with thanksgiving. That's how we enter his presence. Number three, gratitude glorifies God. That's why Psalm, Psalm 34, 3 says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Well, how do we magnify the God? We magnify him with thanksgiving and praise. 2 Corinthians 4, 15 says this, as God's grace reaches more and more people, come on, somebody, that's taking place, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. There'll be thanksgiving, There'll be gratitude, there'll be praise, and God will receive more glory. Number four, gratitude guards against envy. Gratitude guards against envy. Psalm 138, verse 1, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing praises before God's. It's not a partial heart, it's a whole heart. It's not a heart that, 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 is, that is, oh, I'm worshiping God over here, but part of my heart is like, oh, I wish I had that. No, it, it says, all my heart, I will sing praises to you. Gratitude guards against envy. I mean, really, I mean, if, if you're just grateful for where you are and what you have and what God's doing now, man, it'll go, because here's the thing. How many people have done this before? Like, oh, I'm so thankful for my car, and man, I really wish I had his. Right? But if you just every day practice gratitude, it will guard you against Envy, number five, worship team, you can come on up. Number five, catch this, it happened right here in, in Nehemiah chapter 12. Gratitude is a testimony. Gratitude is a testimony. Gratitude is a testimony. A testimony of what God has done and what God is doing in your life. Gratitude is a testimony. Psalm 105, 
Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Listen to this last verse. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Gratitude is a testimony. You, you cannot have a testimony of what God has done in your life without gratitude. The very act of your testimony, the very act of sharing your testimony is giving glory to him. It's saying, man, my life was headed this way. This is what was going on. I was headed on a path of destruction. I was headed doing my own thing. I had no purpose. I had no, no meaning. I had no direction. I had none of that. But then God. But then God. But then God. I don't know when the last time you shared your story is. I don't know when the last time you shared your testimony is. But if you are struggling with despair, you are struggling with unhappiness, if you are finding yourself constantly depressed and fighting in those things, listen to me, begin to change your confession. Begin to walk in gratitude and thanksgiving and begin to see things change in your world. Are you with me today? Begin to see things change. Listen to me. Don't just go into this week saying, that was a good message. Don't just go into this week saying, oh, you know, I should probably do that more. Here's what you need. You need a plan. You need a plan. If you don't have a plan, it ain't going to work. Pastor, what's the plan? The plan is every morning before you step out of bed, think of three things to be grateful for. And I'm telling you, as you get out of bed, that gratitude will be get more gratitude, will be get more gratitude. You'll find yourself getting along with people better. Why? Because you're more pleasant to be around. You'll be looking at somebody like, man, what changed in them? Nothing changed in them. Something changed in you. You're not complaining anymore. I mean, here, here's the thing. Why, why, why do we take the energy to complain about something? You could take that same energy. Come on. Thank you. Honor somebody. Are you with me? Glorify God. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for Nehemiah chapter 12. We thank you for the example Lord, of these bands marching around the wall that was rebuilt in 52 days. And God, it wasn't a testament to their hard work. It was a testament to your grace and your greatness. So Lord, as we, as we parallel those walls to our lives, God, I pray we would take every opportunity we have, God, to give you gratitude, to give you praise, to give you thanks. And as we do, Lord, I pray, God, that we would be better to be around. God, that would be encouragers of others. And God, our life would be a celebration like these bands marching around the wall. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, I'm going to invite some of the um, uh, small group team uh, uh, leaders up here, some of the prayer team pastors, come on up. Uh, if, you, if you need prayer for anything today, whether you need to get your heart right with Jesus or maybe you're struggling, maybe you find yourself being a, a complainer and you're just like, man, I, I need to be one that gives praise. Come on, prayer team, come on up right now. As you're leaving today, man, make sure you head over there, support some young people, get them to camp. Even if you can't stay and play a game, go buy, buy a raffle ticket, do something. Let's send every kid to camp. And, uh, and see God do something great in their life. Amen. God bless. Thanks for coming today. If you need prayer, come on up.